0: Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. The morning of January 28, 1986, dawned clear and sunny along the coast of Florida, USA. It was a perfect day for a journey, and in particular, a journey that had a unique destination. For on this day, the Challenger Space Shuttle was to set to launch into outer space. Finally, the great moment arrived. The liftoff took place. The space shuttle roared into space in a powerful launch. Suddenly and quickly it soared high into the sky. Thousands on the ground who were watching cheered, and millions around the world watched on television in awe and amazement. But 73 seconds into the flight, a huge explosion took place. Fire shot through the craft as smoke exploded in the air. The crowd gasped as the crew cabin broke into pieces and disappeared behind a cloud of smoke. In the control center, the authorities sat stunned in silence as they watched the Challenger space shuttle and its crew disintegrate and fall into the ocean. The nation mourned the tragic loss of life. How could such a disaster strike the Challenger space shuttle? An investigation was launched, and when the truth came out, it made the story even more distressing. For as the government uncovered the facts, it was revealed that six months prior to the launch, an engineer named Roger Bosley had warned the manufacturer of the rocket that a serious problem existed. He detected that the O-rings were not strong enough to withstand the certain pressures that would likely come at liftoff. Should the O-rings fail, the entire shuttle would explode into flames. In his letter to the manufacturer, Roger Bosley wrote this, it is my honest and very real fear that if we do not take immediate action to solve the problem, then we stand in jeopardy of losing a flight along with all the launch pad facilities. And yet, his warnings were ignored. The very day before the Challenger shuttle was to lift off, Roger Bosley again warned of the O ring problem and urged the Space Administration to do something to delay the lift off. But he was ignored again. You see, They were anxious to get the shuttle off the ground. They were anxious to get the project going. They were anxious to launch off quickly, and they were unwilling to invest any more time and any more effort and any more money into the loft. So the Space Administration approved the liftoff, and just as Roger Bosley predicted, the O-rings failed, the shuttle exploded, and the mission was lost, and the entire crew died. The Challenger Space Shuttle had an amazing destination, outer space. It had the best and brightest team of experts and engineers to guide it. It had the full financial backing of the United States of America government. It had good intentions and devoted sacrifice of the entire agency and the crew on board. But failure to anticipate danger and failure to heed the warnings led to disaster. The Challenger Space Shuttle failed to reach its intended destination. So, what lessons can we possibly learn from the failure of the Challenger Space Shuttle? The fact is, if the Challenger space shuttle had all the money that it had, and the expertise and experience of all those great engineers, and of the entire U.S. government, yet it still failed and faced disaster, then what chance do you and I have to navigate through this life? How can we hope to safely reach our destination in life? For there are dangers lurking down the road in every life, and sometimes it seems as if it's just fate or chance that allows one person to make it safely to their destination, while others fail. But the fact is this, the Challenger Space Shuttle didn't fail because of lack of effort. It did not fail because of a lack of good intention. It failed because of a lack of wisdom. Had the warnings been heeded, and had appropriate action been taken, then the mission would have been successful and reached its destination. And so it is in our lives as well. You won't reach your destination safely if you ignore the warning signs of danger. But if you heed the signs God gives you, and take the action God tells you, then you will succeed. The good news is this. God has given us the warning signs of danger. He's told us what to do and how to avoid the danger. God wants you to reach your destination. That's the purpose of this sermon series and the purpose of our message today. We're going to discover how to get wisdom from God to avoid danger and arrive safely at our destination. But before we go on, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and Everlasting Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We're all on a journey. We all have a goal in mind. But Lord, many of us don't know the road ahead. We don't know how to avoid danger. We need wisdom that comes from you. So today we humble ourselves before you. We ask that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives and help us to arrive safely at our destination. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit to come and enlighten our hearts and minds and give us wisdom to succeed and reach our destination. I thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to invite you to take a moment today, put your hand on your chest, join your faith with mine, and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name. Well, hello everyone and welcome once again to Truth For Today. It's great to have you here. Joining with me as we continue our sermon series called Destinations. We began this series last week as we discovered the foundational truths that we all need to succeed in the journey of life. Now, if you missed the sermon last week, I urge you to go back to my YouTube channel and watch it. Even if you watched it the first time, watch it a second time. Or download it from my audio podcast. Because if you need this message so much, because it's foundational for everything else that we're going to learn, and you need to reinforce the basic truths I've taught. You see, the fact is, we're all on a journey. Life is a journey taking us to a destination. But if you want to successfully reach your destination, then you must know and act upon certain fundamental truths. Millions of people all over the world never reach their desired destination in life because they miss These truths, they believe that good intentions will guide them to the right end. Or they believe that extra effort will get them there. But the fact is this, direction determines destination. The road leads where the road leads. And in order to get to the right destination, you must be on the right road. So how do we take the right road? Yes, it's our daily decisions today that determine the direction of our lives. Our choices lead to our destinations. Thus, to reach the right destination, we have to make decisions based on the outcome not on our desires. We must choose based on our destination, not our desires. And that brings us to the truth we're going to learn today in our second sermon in the series. Today we're going to learn how to avoid the dangers so we can safely reach our destination. We'll see the powerful role that wisdom plays in helping us arrive safely. At the right destination. Now, to discover the truth for today, I've prepared sermon notes that you can follow with all the scriptures I'm going to share with you. You can get these for free on my website or my social media platforms. Go ahead and take out your notes now and follow along with me as we discover three important steps to avoid danger on the road of life. There, at the top of your notes, you'll find our scripture text for today. It's one short verse found in Proverbs twenty. 20- 2712. It's on your notes. It's on the screen ahead of you. But I believe the Word of God has the most impact when it's in our hearts and in our lips. So I want everybody to read it out loud together with me. Are you ready? Buckle your belt. Tie your wrapper. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. The wise see danger ahead and avoid it. But fools keep going and get into trouble. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Think carefully for a moment about the amazing truth found in this verse from Proverbs. The Bible does not promise us that we will never face danger. But it tells us that when we have wisdom, we can avoid danger. So let's take our time to break down this passage and discover three important steps to avoid danger on the road of life. And here's your first truth today. Be aware of the dangers ahead. Listen to how our scripture verse begins. The wise see danger ahead. Tell your neighbor the wise see danger ahead. The Bible says the wise see it. How do they see it? Are they prophets Are they seeing the future? The fact is, the wise see the danger because they are looking for it. They're looking ahead, down the road, and that's what makes them wise. You see, a wise man is wise because he looks down the road. He realizes that where he is going is connected with the direction he's moving in. A wise man connects his first step to his last step. So, here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Wisdom is the ability to connect where I am to where I'm headed. Wisdom is the understanding that what I do today results in where I arrive tomorrow. In other words, the wise see danger ahead because they know that their outcome is affected by their actions. The wise know that there are consequences to their decisions. The fact is, most men don't plan on ruining their lives. It happens step by step. But because they don't connect their first step to their last step, they go astray. Men don't wake up one morning and say, I want to end up financially bankrupt. Yet they take one step at a time, day after day, that leads to financial ruin. First they get into debt, and then they start taking secret and illegal actions, and then they start breaking contracts, and at the end of their journey they end up financially ruined. Most men don't wake up one day and say, today I'm going to backslide from the faith. But it begins one day, one step at a time. First you skip your daily devotions, then you get busy and miss church, Uh, then you begin to concentrate on worldly problems and concerns, and step by step by step you fall away from Christ. See, friends, that's why there is never anything sudden about a man's fall. It is a result of a long series of decisions. When a man falls, uh, he's actually been moving on the path of failure every day for a long time. A marriage doesn't collapse overnight. It was rotting day by day for years. A business doesn't go bankrupt overnight. Bad financial decisions piled up on top of bad financial actions, and ultimately the company collapses. A government doesn't fall in a day. It grows weaker and weaker and weaker till it can no longer stand. And oftentimes the corruption is hidden from view. Others won't see the forces at work behind the failure. Most of the time, outsiders are unaware of the problems in a marriage before it ends. It comes as a shock. What a shock! But there are causes there hidden from the surface, deep there, but ultimately responsible for disaster. So let me ask you a question today Are you wise or foolish? Are you looking ahead down the road? Do you see trouble and danger? And if so, what steps are you taking to avoid it? For the fact is you will never end up in disaster if you never take the first step down the road to disaster. That's why Proverbs 10.9 says, People with integrity have firm footing, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. In other words, if you start down the wrong path, you will fall. That's why in order to be wise, and in order to avoid danger, you have to evaluate everything not by where it is, but by where it is heading. Consider what this means for your finance. Don't judge your finances by where you're at now. Judge them by where they're headed. What direction are your finances moving in? A lot of people get into financial trouble because they take on debt based on where they are now, not where they will be tomorrow. You may be able to afford that home mortgage payment each month now, but if you do the calculation, you'll discover that in order to pay off your house, you'll have to make that same mortgage payment you're 112 years old. Hey, so how will you make that mortgage payment when all you have is your pension? Financially, ask yourself, if I continue on this financial path, where will I be in 20 years? Consider what this means for relationships. Don't judge your relationship by where it's at now. Judge it by where it's headed. You may feel justified to be angry at your wife or bitter at your husband. But if you allow bitterness to grow, it will grow and grow and you will grow apart. An argument will lead to a fight. A fight will lead to a grudge. The grudge will lead to an affair. And the affair will lead you to divorce. Relationally, ask yourself, if I continue on this same path in my relationship, where will my marriage be in 20 years? Consider what this means for your parenting. You may think it's easier to just ignore your son and his whining and crying and misconduct now. You don't like disciplining him, so you just shout, SHUT UP! And you turn up the volume on the TV because you want to watch the football match. You just mark it up to childishness. Well, he's just a child. But what will you do when that son is 21 years old, he's taller than you, he's stronger than you, and he's running with a gang of thieves? Ask yourself, if my child continues on this same path of misconduct, Where will he be in 20 years? See, we often fail to think about where things are headed because we do not see the immediate consequence of our choices. We need to realize the destination is reached one step at a time. It takes time. And sometimes we can take a thousand steps in a direction and seemingly avoid all consequences before we suddenly realize we've missed the road. And so we believe we've escaped the consequences as we continue down the road of destruction. The reason we are so often deceived into ignoring the danger is because we've sinned and escaped so many times and we sin and escape. We sin and it seems like nothing bad happens. Sometimes you commit a sin and there seems to be no consequence. The enemy lets you go free. You walk away and shake yourself and say nothing has happened. I'm okay. But listen to the word of God in Galatians 6-7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please His sinful nature from that nature, he will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Why does the Bible say, Do not be deceived? It tells us that because this is one of the major deceptions in the church today. Men say, you can sin and escape, so just keep doing what you like. Churches will even tell you that you can sin and escape, and you become deceived into thinking that there are no consequences. But hear the word of the Lord in Ephesians 5:6. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall. Fall on all who disobey him. And some men think, well, Jesus will forgive me. He loves me. I did this bad thing. I'm going to do it tomorrow. But when I get to heaven, I will beg him. I beg, mpacho, Jesus, just forgive me. But listen to the words of Jesus himself in Luke 13:3. You will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. Friends, I know God is merciful. I know that God is gracious. But we must not take the grace of God as a license to sin. God's grace is not a license to sin. God's grace is a mandate for holiness. And if you frustrate the grace of God, if you keep on sinning as if there's no judge in heaven, then the Bible is clear. The road leads where the road leads. You will end up at the wrong destination. You may have gotten away with it somewhere else, some other time, in some other place. But one day, one day, it will catch you. For the fact is this, every action has a reaction. Every step leads down a path. Every choice has consequences. Every single one. There is no choice, no decision, no sin, no act, no good deed that does not have a consequence. And the Bible tells us plainly what the results are. That's why sometimes you've heard people say, if I had known, if I had known, then I would never have Fill in the blank. If I had known my wife would pick up my phone, I would never have texted my secretary that love message. If I had known the government tax office would audit my business, I would never have cheated on my financial records. If I had known my mother would come home early from work, I would never have brought my boyfriend to the house. If I had known my boss would monitor my computer, I would never have played games on my computer all day at work. If I had known Pasta Whitcomb was driving past at the very time I entered aphrodisiac nightclub, I would not have gone. If I had known. And when you think about it, this statement tells us that we know We know better because the consequences are not immediate. We think they don't matter. Friend, the fact is the consequences are going to come. They may not be immediate, but mark my words, they will come. This truth reminds me of the story of the wealthy businessman. He had a thriving company in Takaradi. Every once in a while he was able to travel the short distance to his hometown. And because he was doing well financially, he decided to build a better house for himself in his village. Something that would impress people. But because he wasn't there often, he needed someone to supervise the project. So he began discussing with his nephew. His nephew was working at the nearby agriculture station. And so the nephew was in a good position to carry out the work and oversee the construction of the wealthy man's house. So the wealthy businessman decided to put his nephew in charge of the project. But the nephew was not an honest man. After the wealthy businessman went back to Takaradi, the nephew began to plot how he could get money for his own pocket from the building program. So he instructed the workmen to put aside some of the materials. They used inferior wood, but marked the price like it was superior wood. He saved 150 bags of cement and many bundles of iron rods. The building was completed quickly and painted to look very beautiful. But surprisingly to him, not long afterwards, his uncle made some very lucrative business dealings and became even wealthier, and decided that the house he had built was too small. He wanted to build an even bigger one. So as a reward to his nephew, the wealthy businessman gave him the first house. The young man and his wife moved in. He thought he was a big man in town. But a half a year later, during a heavy rainstorm, the house collapsed. The nephew and his wife were lucky to escape with only bruises and broken bones. If he had known that one day the house he was building for his uncle would be his, he would have done a better job building. But he lost the house because he went down the wrong road. Have you ever said, if I had only known? That's what happened to a man named Samson. I'm sure you've heard of him, the strongest man in the world. And if you've heard of Samson, it's likely you've also heard of the woman who brought him down, a woman named Delilah. See, Samson had a call from God to lead God's people, but he failed to connect his actions with the reactions, and it cost him his ministry and his life. He committed fornication with a woman named Delilah. And through that relationship, he was captured by the enemy and chained in slavery and went blind because his eyes were poked out and eventually he died. But here's the truth you may not know. Delilah was not his first lover. There were actually two other women Samson committed fornication with before he went in with Delilah. The Bible tells us about these two women. Samson sinned with. First there was a woman in Timnah, then he met up with a prostitute in Gaza. Yet the first two times Samson fornicated, he escaped. There was no judgment. No enemy came and captured him. Nothing bad happened. He wasn't imprisoned. He wasn't punished. Uh, He did it twice and there was no immediate consequence. So Samson kept on going. But when he went in for the third time to the house of sin, he lost everything. So let me ask you today, where are you headed right now? If you continue down the road you're on right now, where will you end up? in 20 years. Do you see that your steps today are connected to your last step in life? If you do, then you need to take the second step to avoid danger, and that is this: take action to avoid the dangers. Listen again to our text in Proverbs 27:12. The wise see danger, that was point number 1, and uh, Avoid it. Point number two, the NIV says they take refuge and avoid danger. In other words, uh, they act to avoid the danger. And in order to avoid the danger ahead, you have to not only see it, you have to act to avoid it. You have to act now, not when the danger is at hand. You have to act in advance. You have to act right now while there is still time to escape. You have to act today to avoid trouble tomorrow. That's what God tells us in Romans chapter 13, 11 and 12. Listen carefully. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. In other words, it's urgent that you act right now, today. You cannot wait, for if you keep going, you will eventually reach a place where there are no good options. If you ignore your health right now, till the cancer has spread too far, you'll be left with no good options. If you wait till you're pregnant, to discover he does not want to marry you, you are left with no good options. If you ignore your marriage till your wife files for divorce, you're left with no good options. If you wait till you're 65 to start saving for retirement, you're left with no good options. If you ignore your son till he's 21, you have no good options. His character is formed. Your opportunity to discipline him is gone. He longed for you to spend time with him as a dad, as a child, but you were always away making money for a better future for him. Now he's gone astray, and you try to intervene to rescue him, but it's too late. He won't listen. And you need to act today to avoid danger tomorrow. Don't wait till the danger is staring you in the face. Act today. Invest in your marriage now, not when she's filed for divorce. Invest in your children now, not when they're in jail. Invest in your retirement now, not when you're in your fifties. You have to invest in your spiritual life now, when you're able, before you're possessed by addictions and demons. Hear me well today. I believe God can rescue you. I believe in miracles. I believe in the mercy and the grace of God. I believe there's no situation he cannot redeem. There's no life he cannot restore. No matter who you are or what you've done, God can bring life from death and turn any hopeless situation around. But listen carefully. Miracles are not an escape clause for someone who continually and willingly ignores the wisdom and the word of God. The miraculous power of God is not a license for you to sin. The prophetic anointing in this house is not a license for you to live however you want and then come to church and come to the altar and get prayer and God will make it all okay. God gives us miraculous deliverance, but often he does it when we're moving in the right direction. God parted the Red Sea when the people were leaving the bondage of Egypt and the bondage of sin. He didn't part the Red Sea for them to go back. There are some godly people watching right now, godly people listening, and you're in difficulty today because the enemy is attacking you. There are some people watching and listening, you're living on the right path and you're being persecuted. Friend, I want to reassure you, God is on your side. He will perform miracles for you. You will see a miraculous deliverance. But there are some of you watching and listening today And the reason you're in trouble is because you failed to connect your first step to your last step. You failed to connect your actions with the reactions. You've gone astray and now you're in trouble. And the solution is to turn around and turn to God. He's merciful. He will deliver you. But you need to change direction and start moving on God's righteous path. We know that God cares how we live because a lot of the Bible is teaching us how to live. The same God who heals every disease teaches us how to care for our bodies and be healthy. The same God who heals broken marriages also instructs us in the Bible how to avoid a broken marriage. The same God who promises to deliver you from danger also commands you to see it and avoid it. The same God who promises to redeem the prodigal and bring him back home also commands you to train up your child in the way he should go so that when he's old he will not depart from it. And the same Jesus you are calling on to rescue you is the Word of God. And the Word of God is not just a book that sits on your shelf in the library. It's the road map to reach your destination successfully. That's why in Revelation 3-2 Jesus said this, wake up! Tell your neighbor, wake up! Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find, this is the words of Jesus, talking to the church, I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. God is not a fool and will not be mocked. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you need a financial miracle every month just to survive, you don't need a financial miracle, you need a budget. Learn to live within your means. You can run to Adabraca. You can run to a Jigano. You can listen to a so-called prophet at 3 a.m. on the radio. You can pay that so-called prophet a lot of money and get him to tell you words that will tickle your ears and comfort your heart. But no prophet in the world has the right to oppose the authority of God's Word. You can prophesy all you want, but you cannot wipe away the Word of God. No one can cancel sin except for Jesus. And no one can cancel the consequences of your foolishness except God. For God said in Proverbs twenty-four, 12, Don't excuse yourself by saying, Look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts and he sees you. Put your hand on your chest and say, God sees me. God sees he who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserved. And if you're headed down the wrong road today, then the answer for you is to turn around and turn to God. He's there waiting for you to make a U-turn. And that brings us to our third step today. To avoid the danger in life, adjust your outlook. Everybody say, adjust your outlook. Listen to how our text ends. But fools, uh, keep going and get into trouble. Foolish people keep going. They may even see the trouble or the danger, but they ignore it. They think, well that won't happen to me. I will escape. It's happened to others, but not me. Or maybe they believe the danger is far down the road. And they say, let me continue living in sexual immorality and enjoy it while I can. Then on my deathbed I will repent. Oh! This is common foolishness in men. It's why the number one cause of road accidents in Ghana is over speeding and overtaking. Because the driver says, I see that lorry coming, but I can make it before he hits me. I see that bend in the road, but I can make it before trouble comes. I can escape. And then at the last minute they realize it's too late. The Bible says when we have that attitude, disaster will surely come. That's why you have to adjust your outlook. To avoid danger, you have to look ahead and let your feet follow your focus. For Proverbs 4, 25 to 27 says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay in the safe path. Everybody say, stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. For it's your focus that determines uh, your footsteps. You follow what you focus on. So let me give you two ways today to apply this truth. Let me teach you two ways to adjust your outlook. First adjust your speed. The faster you go, the farther you must look. The faster you go, the farther down the road you have to see. When you're driving at 20 kilometers an hour, you can stop quickly and you don't need to see as far. But when you're driving at 80 kilometers an hour, it takes longer to stop and you have to see farther down the road. It takes as long to stop when you're moving at 95 kilometers an hour as it does to stop when you're moving at 65. It takes longer to stop. The truth we find in Proverbs 19 2 is this enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. That's the lesson we can learn from the tragedy that struck the railroad tracks in the USA Some years ago, on May 12, 2015, an Amtrak train was traveling from Washington, D.C. to New York City when suddenly it derailed, jumped off the tracks, and crashed in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Eight passengers were killed, and over 200 were injured. The funny thing is, there was no mechanical problem with the train. There was no trouble with the engine. But the train crashed because it was traveling at 164 kilometers per hour when it came to a bend in the track. To safely navigate that bend in the track, it should have been moving at 80 kilometers an hour. But it was moving too fast to make the curve. The speed was too great, and the train went flying off the tracks. And here's what you and I can learn from that. The faster you're moving, the harder it is to adjust your direction, and the longer it takes to stop. And some of you are moving so fast in life, you're unable to stop when trouble comes. This day and age is a fast-paced society, but realize that the faster you go and the busier you are, the more careful you need to be in your decisions. For Proverbs 14, 15 says, the prudent carefully consider their steps. So to be wise, you have to adjust your speed. And then secondly, to be wise, you have to adjust your view. Act not only on what is today, but act on what will be tomorrow. Romans 1:17 says the just shall live by faith so the just are focused not just on what they see now but they're focused by faith on what lies ahead that's what saved a man named Noah and all of us are here today because of Noah. Several thousand years ago, the Bible tells us, a man named Noah gathered his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and announced they were going to build a boat. God had given him a plan. And this would have been fine, except for the fact that the boat was huge. It was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. That's one and a half football fields long. And there were only eight of them in his family to build this massive boat. For a long, long time, Noah and his three sons were building and building and building. And they looked like fools. People in their community would walk past and say, Hey! There's madman Noah and his sons. What are they building? They spent a lot of time. They spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of effort. They spent their life and reputation building an ark. Then one day God said, Get in the ark! They got in, and they closed the door, and nothing happened. Hey! For seven days, they lived inside a boat on dry ground. People were mocking them in the pub, drinking and laughing. Noah's gone mad! But on the seventh day, the heavens opened, and the rain came down. For Noah had seen what was coming. And he adjusted his action when he adjusted his view. When the rains came and the floods came, people were not mocking Noah any longer. Noah and his family were the only eight people who survived the flood. And realize today, friends, that sometimes when you do the right thing, you will look like a fool. All your friends are investing in a scheme to make money. The people have promised 60% return in just two months. Hey, people are rushing like crazy to get in. Borrowing money, selling cars, mortgaging their homes to put in money in this investment. A good friend comes and tells you, get in, get in. I'm putting all my money in. But the Bible says uh, that a get-rich-quick scheme is not wise. Wisdom tells you to look down the road. How long can they pay 60% interest on investment? What type of investment can pay that amount? And you realize it's a pyramid scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. You say no, and all your friends laugh at you. <laughs> I'm going to become a millionaire. You'll still be pushing a shovel. <laughs> but then the government comes in and shuts down the fake investment scheme. Arrests are made, and everybody's money disappears. And all your friends who borrowed to invest in that fake scheme are suddenly broke. They lose everything. Tens of thousands of dollars evaporate overnight leaving people on the verge of bankruptcy, and suddenly, you don't look like a fool. Suddenly, you're the wisest of your friends because you're the only one left standing. Why? Because you live by faith, not by sight. You choose based on what will be tomorrow, not just on what is today. You believe God's Word. You believe what He says, and you live according to it, not according to man. So let me ask you today, what road... Are you on? If you're honest right now, some of you would have to admit you're on the road to disaster. You've started down a path to financial ruin. You've started down a path to bitterness and strife. You've started down a path to divorce. And God is calling all of us today to take a serious look at the road we're on. He wants to bless you, but you have to be blessable in order for God's blessing to come. You have to align with His Wisdom and His Word. Do you see the danger ahead? Do you see how your first step connects to your last step? Connect your steps today with your destination and realize that you have to evaluate your life not by where it's at now, but by where it's headed. Are you ready to act today to take refuge from the danger ahead? God will help you avoid the danger if you turn to Him sincerely by faith. Are you willing to adjust your outlook? Don't view the world by what you see today. View life by what God has said will come tomorrow. That's why I want to invite everyone watching, listening, everyone here today to pray a simple prayer with me. This simple prayer is displayed on your screen. It's a prayer you can pray every day to help you look down the road. Just repeat this prayer after me. Lord, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Give me the wisdom to know what to do when I see trouble ahead. Grant me the courage to take action to avoid the dangers. And help me to adjust my outlook so that I can safely reach the right destination. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. If you're willing to turn away from danger, God is right here to help you. He's your hiding place. I promise you, King Jesus will take care of you. Well, thank you for joining me today on Truth For Today. I want to encourage you to listen to this message again. You can find it on my YouTube channel or on my Apple podcast. And don't forget to join me next week for sermon number three in our sermon series, Destinations. Until then, may God in his love be with you. God bless you for listening to this message. Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.